This is sex. Everyone gets what they want. This is sexploration. Explore. Play. This is Sexploration with Monica. Sex is proof that God loves us and wants us to have fun. Sexploration with Monica at sexplorationwithmonica.com. You've listened to her on Sexploration with Monica discussing sexual economics and founding the San Fran sexual sparkliest sex party, Kinky Salon. She's been known as polyglamorous, poly superstar, latex designer, poly pandemonium, and... She's the author of the memoir, Polly, Sex Culture Revolutionary. Ms. Polly Whitaker has her own podcast now. It's called Kinky Salon Confessions. And I was on it. We talked about polyamory, relationship anarchy, being a sex-positive prude, and making sex culture more grounded through real estate. Listen. Kinky Salon Confessions is supported by the generous donations from our members. If you'd like to find out more about how you can pledge, then go to patreon.com backslash kinky salon. Holy shit. These people should be boning. Why are they not boning? <laughs> and they're all at Kinky Salon. It's like, this is the one I was looking for. Hello and welcome to Kinky Salon Confessions. I am your host, Polly Superstar, and I am sitting here with the Monica Thomas from <laughs> Sexploration with Monica. Say hi, Monica. Hi. <laughs> it's so good to be sitting here in your cozy home. Yes, thank you for coming over. Um, so Monica was, uh, of course, like has been the sexy radio podcasting girl for so long. She's an inspiration to us all. All Polly has been on my show many, 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 many <laughs> times. And you can actually go to sexplorationwithmonica.com and type in Polly in the search box and then get all of the episodes with her in them. Wow, there are a lot. There are multiple episodes. When, episodes. when did you start doing your show? Uh, 2007. 2007? Yeah, ages wow. ago. That's like nearly 10 years. Wow! When the internet was invented. Before the internet <laughs> even existed, Monica Thomas was podcasting. <laughs> you know, it was kind of funny, actually, because I was over at Violet Blue's house the other day. Oh. When I, before I was yeah, starting my podcast, and I was like, yeah. and I was like, do you know anyone who knows about podcasting? And she kind of looked at me sideways and was like, you know that you I was the first female I was, podcaster? Right, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Oh, no. So anyway, tell me all about that. What did you learn? <laughs> yeah. No, she was like before they had figured out how to do RSS feeds and yeah. like send them out in an easy way. Like She's the, she was, the OPC. Yeah. You had to like no coding be, so you could do your RSS feed. Yeah. Crazy. Impressive. We don't have to do that anymore. Anyone can have a podcast. It's Even true. me. It's so <laughs> easy. Yay. Except Monica's been teaching me about compression. It's awesome. You should compress your <laughs> files. Because sometimes my laugh's a little loud. Sorry, no, listeners. Know, <laughs> We're just having a good time. You know, if you express your glee, you know, it makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. So, so Monica, tell us, how, how did we meet? Fuck, it's been a long time. Oh, you know, we mm. met at the first Kinky Salon that I ever went to. And this was 2005, right when I was deciding I want to live in San Francisco permanently. And I went with some friends. And it was the Burning Man. 
kinky salon? Oh, well, you know, we, we called it Playa because we can't obviously be associated <laughs> with the Burning Man right. brand. And right. it had a disclaimer underneath that said, this event has nothing to do with that you know, event in the nothing, desert. really. <laughs> Except for that you could get your picture taken there with, like, the background that was clearly... On yeah, the playa. we 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 photoshopped people into like so that they looked like they were standing outside the yeah, porta totally. potties, and everyone was like looking like they were at Burning Man and like doing the whole goggles and not a lot of clothes. That and... was the night we nearly set fire to Mission Control. Oh, yeah. good times. And the with, the, with the joke being, you know, when you go to Burning Man, your life is in danger. But uh, when you come to Kinky Salon, oh shit, your life is really in danger, actually. You really? Like, on purpose? Oh, well, no, obviously it wasn't on purpose. But we oh, had, good. you know, the, the parachuted fabric ceiling. and Oh, yes. And, um, and, and we had made a little tiny man out of wick. Oh, my God, you put... burned it. So, so we doused it in lamp oil. What a oil. great idea. We doused oh it God. in lamp oil and put it in the middle of the room and oh. set fire to oh it. God. And I, at this one moment, I looked up and the flame was, was really, so high. Ne- really like, nearly yeah. reaching the fabric on the top oh of the ceiling. And then, and then we went... were all crammed into the small room together, you uh-huh. know? So it was like, like, like everyone crammed into the room with and the, only one exit. And it just out and didn't nothing, catch on Nothing fire. caught on fire, luckily. Oh my you. god! But it was, oh, I, you're I so glad definitely that that had a moment as I was looking up and going, "Oh, oh!" And at the same time, Scott had a devil puppet that was shooting four-foot flames over the audience that was sitting down. Mm, and I was that just like, "So safe." That was scary. Safety third. That was scary. <laughs> we don't do that kind of shit anymore. Yeah, <laughs> which is okay. Because I'm, I'm quite happy about it. Yeah. You don't want your real estate to catch on fire. I don't want. To put people's lives in danger. That also, doesn't make any sense. Yes, got, You've got also. Burning Man for that. Yes. You could just jump off of a 50-foot ladder up into nowhere. Yeah. When you could... Exactly. There's all kinds of dangerous things you could do. Yeah. But uh, we don't have to do them at Kinky Salon. Exactly. We yeah. like safety. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was really a funny experience for me because it was my first Kinky Salon and my first sex party at all. And I got to practice having good boundaries and talking to strangers at sex parties is a whole new way of like interacting with you know how do I interact with this safe fun environment but also like I don't want to go into the pink room with you mister wearing a trash bag and a vibrating hand <laughs> and a foil wig <laughs> Not and so, so and so you were thrown in at the deep end it really was it was really <laughs> interesting because you know I've always been open about sexuality but I've always really had trouble rejecting people and saying yes to what I'm yes to and no to what I'm a no to and so for me you know when you're at a sex party it becomes 72 times more critical that you're not just being nice to people and you know, continuing to go deeper into an interaction with them. So, yeah. you know, you have to have healthy boundaries. I so, mean, that's why we talk about it at the door. Uh-huh. And so um, so give us an example of, like, uh, an event. And you know, so there's, say there's Mr. Trashbag with vibrating hand. And he <laughs> says and he says to you, hey, baby, want to go to the pink, pink room? room? Like, what, like, how would you have a healthy boundary around that? What would your response be? Well, there could be a couple of different ways that you could go into it. So if you want to continue to interact with the vibrating hand get by guy you could say what you're yes to and then you could say no thank you for the invitation but what I would be a yes to is blah 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 or you could what I think is also not I mean 
I think that when someone says no to you, I think that your response should be, thank you for taking care of yourself. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Thank you for making a boundary. I totally respect that. Um, don't you always want to be interacting with someone that's a yes to what you're doing? Mm-hmm. I mean, I do. It's really irritating when people get huffy. Yeah. When you're like, um, all I'm going to do is make out with you. Uh, so that's as far as it's going to go tonight. Just right. And by then the they way. get and then they get like about that. petulant. Like, and you're well, like, like no, fuck you. Really I'm out of here. Now, you know, I put all this you. time and energy into making out with you because I thought like it's 1130. Come on. The night's getting, you know, th- those kinds of people oh. really piss me off. Yeah. Well, some people get so polarized when they feel rejection coming that they take it personally and then they make it about them. And then maybe they have too much privilege and they think that you owe them your affection and we don't. And mm-hmm. you, by the way, make it a billion times less fun if that is your reaction to a no. Mm-hmm. So the best way to say no is always thank you for taking care of yourself and then exploring what you are a yes to if you are a yes to anything. And mm-hmm. no one owes you anything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, having that to navigate when I was first moving to San Francisco right before I started my show, I hadn't become a sex educator yet. And, you know, I was really, you know, exploring San Francisco's sex environments, mm-hmm. you know, the sex positive community here. It was really... So was Kinky Salon like one of the first steps on your path to being who you are now? Like, was it one of those like moments Seminal when moments. you were like, when you were like, this is a direction I want to go in? Or had you already, yes, or did you already have a I sense did. that that was what you were wanted to do with your life? So I had, before I moved to Japan, I thought, you know, what of any of the things could I do with my life? Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, you know, I really want, you know, you can do anything in this world. You just have to be focused and figure out what it is. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have a radio show about sex because I, it would save the world and be wildly mm-hmm. interesting. And people love sex. Mm-hmm. I would love to talk about sex more. So <laughs> I, um, I always have had that idea all through my travels. And when I was moving to San Francisco, I knew that's what I wanted to do. But I didn't know exactly how it was going to come together. And being connected to the sex positive community as intimately as I was really helped me move mm-hmm. forward. Um, I, the inspiration for Sexploration with Monica was reading Dossie Easton's book. Mm-hmm. And then one of my first episodes in 2007, years later, I actually got to interview her. And it was just one of those moments of like, oh my God, uh-huh. Dossie Easton is coming on my radio show. I have a radio show about sex. Dossie Easton's coming on my show. You know, it was so yeah, like... Your dreams are coming true, Mm -hmm. you know, and then we got to talk about female ejaculation and like all these things that I didn't really know about because I'm from Alaska and I'm really a radio announcer. And you know what I mean? It was just so such a dream. And now, I mean, even going deeper into like having done the show for as many years as I have and like all the archived backlog that I still keep on the show. And every now and then, you know, we get tons of listeners and I have no idea why. And you know what I mean? Like moving forward and being part of the sex positive community and now with my life change being a realtor now you know i can help the sex positive community in lots of different ways Mm -hmm. so you know not only do i know a ton of people from the podcast but now i can 
you know, sell you a sex party if you want to buy one. Yeah, so Monica, actually, <laughs> listeners out there, Monica was actually the real estate agent who found us our new space, Gingerville, in Oakland. Yes, I actually didn't find it. It was a couple of people who found it and then co- collaborated and then picked the property. But what I did is I negotiated for you a $50,000 discount. There you go. Yeah. And I did all the paperwork and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> so if there's any listeners out there who um, need to find a location for their dungeon or, you know, whatever it is, <laughs> yeah. whatever, sex, whatever positive sex positive real need. estate needs you have. Yeah. Um, this is the woman that can meet those needs. To, yes. If you're like, we really need a strong overhead beam for the suspension, Monica will find you that property. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, I can hook you up with a contractor who can add that to your mm-hmm. place. I mean, what's really been nice is, I mean, there's a lot in the artistic Burning Man sex positive community that feels very... You know, it's difficult to make money, we're all struggling, we're all working, we're all trying to change the world, we're very idealistic, but how do we retain dominant culture power, and how do we build wealth for ourselves and take care of ourselves, not just for now, but also in the future? And real estate is a really great way of doing that, because instead of paying rent, you know, you're actually getting equity and creating a nest egg for yourself even though you're just living in a space i mean it's also a bank account that mm-hmm. you can cash in when you sell mm-hmm. so it's been really it's been really a great transformation in the last couple of years to do it all of it to do both of it you know? nice yeah and so your journey going let's go back again to you arriving at kinky salon and your first impressions what was your initial kind of when you walked in the door of Kinky Salon for the first time, how did you feel about the community that you came across there? Well, you know, it's funny because I actually met someone that I'm still friends with. And I remember being like, wow, everyone's really conscious and beautiful and open and not pushy. And it, like, I was nervous to go to a sex party for the first time. Of course I was. And I was always very open but you know when you're doing something it's like oh uh, boundaries and blah but you guys explain everything really well at the door and i remember the tour and i definitely connected with the community and like felt safe and ended up having a total blast and played with the people that i came with but you know had a great experience playing with them in public you know, like that was a new thing for me and it was very safe, you know. So, yeah, it was definitely uh, a catalyzing experience, you know, mm-hmm. but it was also, you know, being baptized into not only the sex positive community, but also the Burning Man community and meeting all of these people. And I mean, we're all on this wild ride together. And so now you and I have been friends for 10 years. Crazy. I know. That's crazy. And we've done so many cool things together. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Yeah. And so so you came along, you had all these adventures. Before you arrived at Kinky Salon, 
did you were you aware of like polyamory and open relationships and that oh, kind of thing mm-hmm. were you already were you already kind of like exploring that field certainly I, w- I had been exposed to polyamory because of Dossie Easton's book that I right. read in 2004 okay. yeah. and I didn't know about relationship anarchy until very recently and so I'm looking forward to talking with you about that <laughs> too because you actually practice relationship anarchy well I mean at one point in my life I did um, and I think that uh, there's different there's so much uh, you know back and forth about what these terms mean totally and the language How and the semantics it. of it Absolutely. I mean for me one of the things that I've been really um, interested in recently is instead of using labels instead just like taking it all apart and like come like literally t- t- cutting it into these little compartments and saying right. okay there's this piece does this it's piece about work the agreements does this piece does this piece work and yeah. like taking all the pieces that totally. could come from monogamy they could come from polyamory they could come totally. from relationship mm-hmm. anarchy they could come from all these different places totally. and saying i refuse to take on a label and instead i'm just gonna like see what works for me and that's sure. been my new thing that i've been working <laughs> with so no well, i'm not you're a black belt i'm not now. a relationship anarchist right i'm not even polyamorous mm-hmm. i'm certainly not monogamous <laughs> <laughs> But um, you know these these terms are things that we words the that we use to try and the metamorphosexual exactly mm-hmm. the terms that we try and use to explain to other people what it is right, that we're shorthand, doing you know and but, there is certainly a posse of people and a posse of my friends in San Francisco who identify as relationship anarchists and who are like fully you know holding up that flag mm-hmm. of like you know creating the agreements as you move and like not making any assumptions and like having all of the relationships be flexible. Not, not having no one person as uh, non-hierarchical, non-hierarchical, all mm-hmm. of that stuff. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. it's really an interesting way of creating a relationship because if you think about like relationship anarchy versus polyamory, it's all about the way the agreements are structured. So what I can imagine is when you are a relationship anarchist, maybe the agreements are fewer. But then when you are in polyamory, maybe there's a hierarchy, maybe it's non-hierarchical polyamory, and maybe you have more agreements. I mean, but it, I'm sure it looks for ev- different for every person, which is how our sexuality, and it changes over time. Right. I, I mean, I think that's the whole thing with relationship anarchy, is that it can look many different ways. Um, I, I guess... I guess there's like there's so many relationship options available to us mm-hmm. and just trying to figure out like what are the things that we really want for ourselves and like how can we create happiness in our lives and how create a feeling of, of safety and of connection and all of those things. Right. You know, it's kind of difficult. I had this I used to have this theory that, you know, having a thick skin was it was important and that like being um you know, rolling with the punches and yeah. learning, like getting that black belt training was yeah. really important. I had the same feeling. And then, and then, being durable. And then recently, the idea, the concept of like, well, how about you don't get punched anymore? Yeah, like, was how about <laughs> you have better boundaries so that you're not getting hurt all the time? And then I was like, oh. oh. Oh, not getting Maybe punched, but be. then, but then, how will I be ready when I do get punched? <laughs> Which is oh, inevitable, and then it's yeah. like, well, that's not inevitable, actually. Like, you don't have to be constantly preparing yourself for pain. It's like, let's, you know. <laughs> and what does that 
what do you lose by being constantly prepared for pain? I mean, because we all will experience suffering and our lovers may accidentally hurt our feelings, but it happens. It does. And, and hopefully it's an accident and hopefully it's not that frequent. And, you know, obviously we don't want our lovers to be abusive and we want our lovers to keep their agreements. And if you are in a situation where you feel like your lover isn't in their integrity, perhaps you should make a healthy boundary with them, mm -hmm. you know? And I think it's really important to, like, kind of try to move forward with people that are safe enough so that you don't have to constantly be putting up these big walls to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. Because I think you're going to lose something by not being able to be vulnerable because that is part of intimacy. Yeah, and I mean, you talk about the black belt thing, right? I don't feel like a black belt. I feel like I'm like I have no fucking idea what's going on. I feel like I flail around a lot. We're all learning. And so here's the thing, Monica, and I think it's something that you can relate to, is this idea of me, poly superstar, here I am, just like you are Monica's exploration with Monica. We are black belts. We are ninjas. We know exactly how to do the thing and we're the well, experts and blah, blah, blah. We're learning and so, too. And so when we come, or my experience is when I come across people, when I meet people, they have a lot of assumptions about who I am. Totally. And about oh my what God. my relationship yes, style absolutely. is. Because of my, uh -huh. this, because of, because of the things that I've And how open you're going to be and... Exactly. And also the fact that thinking that I won't get hurt, right. that somehow I'm, because I'm poly superstar, oh, because I go to all these parties and I have all this experience. I can I'm just never, walk up to you and grab your ass, right? Or that I'm never going to feel jealous if I see my lover right. in a play space or okay. that uh, like, the, like, or that it's, oh, it's just fine for me to show up at that party with another date because whatever, like, uh, would that bother you? Yeah. Like, I didn't realize that would bother you. Well, of course it fucking bothers me. Like, I'm a sensitive, sweet soul, you know? Right. Like, I, I have, like, a loving I, person. And I'm a loving person. And, and like, for me, that allowing that vulnerability and, like, who I allow that vulnerability to be open with because mm -hmm. play parties and kinky salon is such a mm -hmm. crazy environment for to navigate mm -hmm. and you know as somebody who's working and who's like constantly kind of like being not just myself but this archetype right of what people what people's expectations well are. you're a sexy woman and you're powerful and you know they they feel like they can get away with anything and mm -hmm. i feel the same experience when i tell people i have a radio show about sex they think i'm going to be much faster going towards sexuality than they you know, they immediately want to sleep with me. And I'm like, you know, that's sweet. And it's, I take it as a compliment. But of course, because sex is so sacred to me, I do want to move more slowly, you know? Right. And I do want to set up a safe container for myself where I know that I'm going to enjoy the experience, you know? And it's not that I'm closed-minded. It's just that I really want to, you know, it, it's not that I think there's anything wrong with fucking people on the first date. I just want to, like, I want to have an orgasm, and I also want to make good choices. And you won't know if the person is the right person for you until you get to know them. And there's nothing wrong with one-night stands and hooking up and all that stuff. Yeah. It's just not what I necessarily need to do with my genitals right now. And it's interesting because there are definitely some people who work in our kind of field who are more slutty and who totally. are more, more just and like... I'm so respectful of that and in awe. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, you can just connect with anyone in like that way. And you're like so gorgeously generous with your genitals it's <laughs> astonishing you know like 
Wow. <laughs> and read me Helco, for instance. Read about sex.com. He's such an amazing <laughs> educator. And he uses his sexual ability to connect with every not every, I'm not judging him, okay? I'm just saying that. Um, and he's one of my sex partners, too. So I love him, and I have all the respect for him in the world, but he's able to hook up with way more people than me because he's he's much lighter about it. And mm-hmm. he and but then he can create alliances like strong, you know, root chakra alliances with lots of people. And it's awesome. And the way he is in the community and moving forward and creating also amazing business deals and like being an incredible sexual educator. I mean, he's amazing. You know what I mean? Clearly, she likes Reed. <laughs> I know that you have liked Reed in the past. Half of San Francisco is like Reed. Yeah, many people like Reed. So here we are, he's right? Here's man. Reed in a way is like the example of what, what people expect us to be like, right? right. We're like, okay, so um, there's, a, there's a person who yeah. is like a sex educator who is open about sexuality, who goes to play parties and who, you know, gets laid in a way that one would expect somebody in that environment to get laid. Totally. And then there's people like us. We're mm-hmm. like the, the weird irony or the weird mm-hmm. surprising... Um, kind of different situation. We feel a little bit prudish compared to what we think our image should be. Maybe exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a weird. It's a like, like I, I don't, I don't have sex with people. I just met at a party, which is kind of hilarious for somebody who Runs throws sex, sex parties. parties. Yeah, like, like. I mean, well, every now and again. But I mean, I know, when totally. I say every now and again, I mean like very, very, very every rarely. Every few years. Yeah, yes. exactly. Um, but most of the time, if I meet somebody at a party, I'll say, oh, you seem really nice. You know, he- here's my phone number. Let's go out for dinner. Like, mm-hmm. I really kind of insist on whining and dining. Mm-hmm. I want to get to know you. Yeah. And I think that that's, mm-hmm. for me, is just an important part of, of that process of totally. getting to know somebody of- well it's about safety but it's also about turn on like if i don't know someone I, they could be as hot as blazes but i need to be connected with them in order to be aroused yeah you know and well, i'm here to have an orgasm so isn't that an interesting thing though what yeah. is that i that don't know we that connection is needed in order to be turned on in mm-hmm. a way that is perhaps surprising Mm -hmm. to people who are like well it's just you know it don't you understand about sexuality and sexual energy and all these things that are very abstract right whereas for me the concept of like another human and actually interfacing with someone's energy in an arousal kind of way is sacred and to me it actually is like if I think someone's just trying to get laid, that's going to be kind of a turnoff for me. And so I'm not, like, every now and then I've had experiences where I'm turned on by a stranger, like, actually turned on, and I'm able to say yes to that. Mm-hmm. But usually for me, I'm like, I want to make sure they're, like, a good person and interacting with me in a way that's healthy, that they're not misogynists or... You know, that they're not just after me for sex. And it's fine that we're just having sex. Like, it's not that I'm opposed to the casualness of the hookup. It's that I also want someone that's going to be safe with their body so that if I'm, you know, having skin-on-skin contact, which is a risk. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not, not going to kill you, of course. All of the things that you can get from skin-on-skin contact, you know, they're, 
not the end of the world, but you know, we all want to take care of ourselves from both an STI's perspective and also from a, a heart perspective, you mm -hmm. know, and my heart is definitely involved in my arousal. I mean, I know that from previous experience, like if I don't. So has that changed over the years, do you think, like comparing oh, yeah. yourself to when you first started coming to Kinky Salon? Well, I think more it's like changed from when I first started puberty mm -hmm. to when I first went to Kinky Salon because there was, you know, when I first started puberty, like someone would run their fingers up my arm and just barely grazing my arm hair and I would be ablaze with passion <laughs> and, you know he'd be like the short irish guy you know like funny teeth and you know i would be like oh my god he is so sexy and i would you know like i would just be like on fire with passion and now i you know i really want to like even the first kiss and you know we're just starting to know each other and for me you know, I'm when I'm first kissing someone, I want to experience the outside of their face and be aware of that rather than just plunging my tongue into their mouth. Of course, there will be tongue time for me to <laughs> plunge my tongue into their orifices, but I like to, you know, get there slowly so that it feels very organic to me. And it's also very like clearly I can read there. Yes. I want them to open their mouth before I plunge. You know, I want to like sort of, I personally like to taste the outside of someone's mouth before I go inside because that way you know that what it's going to taste like and you can sort of move in slowly and sort of invite them to open their mouth a little bit more. I mean, all of these things take You think time. about this shit a lot, don't you? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way you articulate that. Like, you have clearly thought this through. <laughs> totally. Well, like, what makes a good kiss, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yes, I definitely like getting to the point where you're all completely open to that mm -hmm. person. And you're like, yes, let's see how far I can get my tongue into your mouth. <laughs> because I want to fuck your face with my face. And let's not forget that kissing is, like, oh, the, first, communication. the first step. It's like if you kiss oh, so well, good. then you're gonna fuck well. Exactly. Like, if you don't kiss well, if you then make I'm out, sorry, I don't like, know oh, if I I'm can. Not do sure. Yeah, no, it's bad sex if you can't kiss. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, and I find that you know if you can, like, it's about the communication and openness. So if you can communicate with someone non-verbally with your kissing, then you know that you know like how they're moving their mouth and are they mirroring the way that you are interacting with them and then spicing it up with their own little moves you know like they just dipped their tongue into your <laughs> mouth and then licked the roof of your mouth which is by the way a very surprising sensation if you've never had anyone do that so i recommend it to the listening audience just for novelty oh it's so fun and like you know most of the time you know we suck on people's lips and we you know you know, the lizard tongue phenomenon, you know, there's, there's, there's <laughs> concentrated, like I'm being conscious of the way you're touching me and being relaxed and moving into the other person and being aware. There's that style of kissing. Uh -huh. And then there's the, I want to do what I want to do. I'm just plunging my f tongue into your face. 
And that's a completely different experience. And I don't want someone to just plunge their penis into my vagina because that's going to hurt me. Yeah. You know, I have a very delicate flower. Delicate flower. As you know. (laughs) I've heard this phrase. I'm like, delicate flower! Yelled. Delicate flower! (laughs) Across the blue space. Be gentle with it. It's a flower, okay? <laughs> this is like they're getting tips. If you Don't meet Monica me. out, you know what to do now. It's all about licking the roof of her mouth and then taking oh, it easy on a delicate slow flower. Slow and conscious, <laughs> right? And moving slowly mm-hmm. into more and deeper passion. Yeah. So it's all about a yes to deeper passion. And the kissing thing too is like, I find it really interesting, the energetics of kissing, where you're like, okay, on the one hand, there's that moment where the both of you are giving and receiving in the same way. Mm-hmm. And then there's a moment where maybe you are focused on the how good their lips feel yeah, on your lips. Totally. And, and then you're maybe like, you're thinking mm. about, I'm going to make my lips feel as good as they possibly yeah. can on this person's lips. And yeah. to like go oh, I through those that. different dynamics oh. in your head. Yeah. Oh, she just totally. squealed. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it was making me think about like, there's actually a sexual technique that I weren't learned from the welcome consensus that is about like a sex here? cult. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I interview sex cults also. So um, if you can make a feeling, if you can make the sensation of you touching someone feel good to you it will feel good to them and I've used this practice um, giving blowjobs and you could do that doing anything you could you know lick the inside of someone's elbow you could do do it doing cunnilingus and of course I completely recommend it because you're going to be more turned on because this feels so good to you Mm -hmm. and your turn on will feed back into your partner because they have mirror neurons and they will feel the things that they're you're feeling and also it'll feel really good to them and the way that your facial expressions will show like oh it's ecstasy for me to rub your cock on my face right <laughs> like this feels really good and if you can make it feel really good then you're going to enjoy doing it you're not doing it just because it's a chore yeah. right and so it's so much better like it makes the feedback loop of sexuality go deeper and more and bigger and deeper and ugh. but you know you have to get there slowly and know the other person mm-hmm. and you know, be in communication and con- deep connection and trust and create that safe container. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all about not. all of it. I mean, if you're not fucking one of us. <laughs> you could do it I mean, there are, however you want. Isn't that, isn't that yeah. interesting, though? The, the diversity of different people within totally. that environment and how some people can just bang, bang, bang. They're just totally. like happy as little clams, you know, in the play oh, space. Oh, just clams. I just yeah. met you. Hello, I'm just turning over. I've just met you. Can I have my hand in your vagina? Yeah, right. go ahead. That's fantastic. Right. Totally. <laughs> totally. Good luck to them. I no, love, totally. I it's so great to have the diversity. Do. Yes. I love what they do because mm-hmm. um, they too. spice up the play space. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the visual scene of like all these beautiful people fucking and uh-huh. being free. And oh, it's so great to like bring your partner and be mm-hmm. like, hey, baby, let's get it on with all these beautiful people around. It's so, oh, so good. So Yay. gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, well, mm-hmm. look, we're run out of time, Monica. That just flew oh, that by. I mean, half yeah. an hour with Monica is just a crazy thing just, to try and say, right? Yeah. I mean, how can just we possibly little... squeeze it all in? Squeeze it in! <laughs> squeeze! <laughs> squeeze it! 
<laughs> well, thank you so much for coming yeah. out today, Monica. It's I been my really pleasure. appreciate you being yeah. here and talking to me tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I guess we just say goodbye to the listeners at oh, home. Oh, and I would love unless to. Unless you have something um, else to say. Sexplorationwithmonica.com, <laughs> and they can also find me on iTunes. And then my real estate website is getrealestate.us. And you know what? I'm going to put those links in the information with the mm-hmm. podcast as well so that they can just click straight through. Yeah, and they should totally come to Kinky Salon because Gingerville. Oh, yeah. I just want to share that with everyone. The new, it's so the new gorgeous. space is oh. so amazing. Oh, yeah. oh being God. there it's and magical. energy and the people and oh, the new sparkliness. Was so fun. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> and dancing with you. Oh, I love you so much. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so yeah. much goodness so much love to be had and shared yeah, lots of love at Kinky Salon love is in the air <laughs> okay um, well I love you Monica big kisses goodbye people at home 